right, here we go. My name is Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 404. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. That was not our regular intro music, sweetie, was it? No, that was Milk. Who is Milk? So she is a singer. You know, we've talked about her on the show before. Isn't that interesting? Um, Yeah, it is interesting. Here's all the things that I find interesting. Let me start by saying that Milk... This might be a while. No. (laughs) You just said all. (laughs) Let me talk about a few things. Okay. So Milk is going to be at our conference on March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. And speaking of, you guys are listening to this show, if you're listening to it when it came out on October 31st, which means there is only a few weeks left for early bird. So jump on that. But I need a I need an early bird uh, sound effect. Tweet, tweet. Yeah, you should get one. Tweet, tweet. Tweet is too Twitter-ish. Oh, sorry. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, yikes. That sounds like a really mad crow. Crow. It's an angry That's all crow. I know. Um, so, but here's the interesting thing about this. So first of all, I saw Milk a few weeks ago at a conference, and she was amazing, and she she sang, um, but she also gave an amazing keynote, which is what she's going to be doing at our conference um, that's really applicable to every individual, parents, teenagers. So if you're bringing your teen, be, be excited about that. Um, and here's the two things that are so interesting. Number one, at last year's conference... I played a video at the very end of the conference. I mean, like the last five minutes. And it was basically this whole kind of woman's viewpoint Mm -hmm. video, like the things that we deal with. Correct. And the very last scene was Milk singing at the Women's March. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Do, 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 do. Little did we know. And then the other thing that was crazy is after I saw her keynote at this conference, I was like, man, I just think it would be so great to have her at our conference. And then we had to do, we had to break out into groups, which which is always my favorite thing to do. Um, But in this situation, it worked out well. See, sweetie, group work is awesome. Because we broke out into groups, and in my group was her manager. There you go. So I was like, are you kidding? The universe was conspiring to help you. So two times that I've been really like annoyed that I've had to break out into groups. One time I ended up with with Milk's manager and the other time I ended up with Tara I. Trent. So maybe I should stop being annoyed. And Tara I. Trent is out of the thousands of Oprah guests ever, Dr. Trent was her favorite one. Yes. So even in front of Maddie J. Yes, who was number two. I think Maddie J should have been number one as much as I love Dr. Trent. Do you know why Dr. Tara I. Trent was number one? No. Because she basically, everything Oprah had ever taught, believed in, recognized in herself, and what she was doing for others, uh, Tara I. Trent actually did. Yeah. You know, she- She practiced it. She practiced every aspect of what Oprah teaches, you know, believing in yourself, setting an intention, fulfilling your intention, giving back. I mean, she just followed the whole pattern. She knocked it out of the park. But anyway, back to, back to this conference. So Milk is going to be there. Yay. Who else is going to be there? Uh, Obviously Cheryl Strayed, who, who liked, when I posted that Milk was going to be there, she- Liked it. She was excited. She gave a little love thing. So she must know who she is. And who else? And then uh, Mike Domish, who we love and adore, um, who's going to be talking about consent, a very uh, topical issue right now. And um, And we're going to have Mike back on the podcast here in the next month or so. Yes. So so you guys can hear him again. So anyway, conference, March 2nd and 3rd. You know, and I'm Thrifty McSaves a lot. So if you want to save yourself some money, go to our conference website, which is zenparentingconference.com, I think. Or just go to Zen No, zenparentingconference.com. Yeah. Or zenparentingradio.com. I'm choking. I know. (laughs) <laughs> and then you can click on live events and find it that way. Speaking of live events, Sweetie and I decided that we're going to do a one-hour live virtual class. Yes. And it's going to be called something to the effect of <laughs> civil and compassionate communication over the holidays. Yes. So it's gearing up to um, Thanksgiving and Christmas with in-laws and fun and stress and craziness. And we want to empower you to um, to be ready for it. So, And at the same time, even if there weren't any holidays, I would do this class because it's not just about the holidays. That's just kind of the hook, right? But what it's about is how to have reflective and respectful dialogue in your home with your partner, with your children, with the people you meet, with people at work. This is not just with strangers. A, yeah, this is not just a holiday issue. Right, that's the hook. It just so happens that we're going into a time when we're going to be surrounded by our families. And I didn't tell you this, but I picked a date, November twentieth, sweetie. I that's looked, that's the 
day, you know what, Todd, that's going to be a tough week. I know. Because that is Thanksgiving. I know, but we're doing it before Thanksgiving, remember? That's the deal. And that's the day before Cameron's birthday. Yeah. She's going to be 13. But we don't have a Zen talk that day, so it's perfect. Okay. I'm in. So we don't know the time yet, but it's Monday, November 20th, and it's going to be a a live virtual Zen class, which means uh, you're going to see our faces. And if you want, you could see your face. It's going to be a group class. And we're going to talk, and you guys are also going to ask questions, and we're going to answer, and it's going to be fun. Or if you don't want to have your face seen, you can just call in or you know log in and just listen. So these there's these classes we do, um, they're very similar to the Zen talks that we do for Team Zen. And there's our only hope is that you come in the way that you want to and enjoy it the way you want to. So the, we don't know what time of the day it's going to be yet, but we, you will get a recording if you can't get on. Um, but it's going to be Monday, November 20th, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Um, and if you're on Team Zen, it's free. Yes. So it's our way of giving back to our Team Zen peeps. Uh, but if you're not on Team Zen, it's 20 bucks. Yeah. So go to our website, uh, zenparentingradio.com, click on Get Zen, and uh, go to live events, right, or attend events. Yeah, well, I haven't put it up there yet, so... It'll be up there by the time uh, they listen to this. Okay, good, good. Right? Um, so, and I want to say the reason we're doing that is because every time we do it, we do these classes at the library. We're doing one on November 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, Parental Compassion. And every time we post that, I get emails or things on Facebook that say, is this virtual? Are you taping this? Which we aren't. We really like doing things just live. Um, But this is a virtual event. So we're trying to incorporate the things you guys suggest. So Yes. Um, speaking of the library, um, we are going to host a screening of the documentary "The Mask You Live In." Yeah. The day before that, it's actually Tuesday, November seventh. It's free. Go to our website. There'll be a link on there um, of how to register. There's only forty spaces available, and I would love to fill it up with anybody. But if dads wanted to come, that would be even sugar on top. Well, and what do you think about boys? Like, what do you what do you, um, if they brought their sons? How I would say old? do your own research. What's that uh, website? The, there's a really good website on movies and explaining what's in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, family. What's it called? Common Sense Media. Common Sense Media. But I think what the representation project who put out the mask you live in, I think it's 11 and up. Yeah. The only thing that Todd and I are ever concerned about with that movie with the mask you live in is they do talk about pornography. Mm-hmm. I think everything else they can totally handle. If, But the the thing is, is an 11 or 12 year old boy knows what it, pornography knows is. It. Yeah. So it's not like you're introducing him to something. So it's being co-sponsored by the Elmer's Public Library, uh, Zen Parenting Radio and the Tribe Men's Group. Um, I'm hoping to get my partner in crime, uh, Frank Nago, there um, and have maybe a small discussion afterwards as well. I don't know if you're coming. You coming? I will probably. It just went on space. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I love the movie, so I would come again. We, we've already screened it once before at York yeah. Theater. So, um, And then we do have Team Zen, so go to our website. I don't want to take a lot of time talking about that, but it's a virtual community where we do these uh, talks twice a month. Um, and I'm going to tell a story about how we inflate our stories and specifically about managing technology with our children. Among and, other things. Oh, on Team Zen? On Team Zen. Can I start with my quote for today? Sure. Are we ready? Um, I had a few quick takes. Actually, they're really quick, I promise. All right, quick um, takes. First one is... You Ka- need a sound for quick takes. Kathy and I um, love uh, the Taco Bell commercials because they have... Here's the thing about Taco Bell. I don't really go there anymore, <laughs> but they have like all these different ingredients and they basically put this, actually they have the same ingredients and they put them together in such a way where they call it something different. So I did a little bit of research of what these things are called. Like they have something called the Cheeserito and something called the Nacho Crunch Grilled Stuffed Burrito and the Cheesy Beefy Melt and the Steak Quesarito Box. And actually, Sweetie just told me that there's something now that they have called the Kit Kat Quesadilla. Yeah, that's kind of gross. That's totally gross. The Kit Kat Quesadilla. But anyways... Uh, in celebration of Taco Bell, who's not a partner of ours, <laughs> I'm playing this one-minute commercial on Saturday Night Live okay. for you because it's really good. You know what I love about tacos? What's that? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Do tacos get any more kick-butt than this? Oh, they're about to, all right. You at Taco Town. We take a crunchy all-beef taco, smother it in nacho cheese, lettuce, tomato, and our special southwestern sauce. Then we wrap it in a soft flour tortilla with a layer of refried beans in between. Sweet. Then we wrap that in a savory corn tortilla with a middle layer of Monterey Jack cheese. Awesome. 
And it gets even <laughs> awesomer when we take a deep-fried gordita shell, smear on a layer of our special guacamolito sauce, and wrap that around the outside. This is pretty big. It gets bigger because we bake it in a corn husk filled with pico de gallo, then wrap that in an authentic Parisian crepe filled with egg, gruyere, merguez sausage, and portobello mushrooms. Can I eat it now? Sure. But not before we take the whole thing and wrap that in a Chicago-style deep-dish meat lover's pizza. Pizza? Now that's what I call a taco. Well, it's not a taco town taco until we roll it up in a blueberry pancake, dip it in batter, and deep-fry it until it's golden brown. Then we serve it all in a commemorative tote bag filled with spicy vegetarian chili. All right, you get the point. That's... I like there when he says we're <laughs> our guacamolito Yes, dip. yes. Um, that's so... The reason that's so funny is because it's so true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I can't wait for Taco Bell's next promo to come out just to hear what they're calling the same thing that they did the whole time. And you probably just kind of said this, but I will repeat it. What Todd and I, what we laugh about is we just envision what the ingredients are in the back of Taco Bell and how they're like, okay, we got to use some of this. (laughs) So let's just call this the cheesy beefy melt and just put a lot more cheese and you know what? Bless them because it's a um, it's a great uh, business model. Yeah. Use up what you have, yeah. you know. And it's not like people aren't enjoying it and buying it now. The Kit Kat thing—that's new. That's uh, I'm not quite so sure how that's going to go. Sounds down. disgusting, but weird. Weirdly, uh, if I tried it, I would probably like it because oh, I like Kit Kats and I like um, quesadillas and guacamolito dip and guacamolito dip. <laughs> so I am uh, tired today because it's we're taping this on Monday. Last night was a ten inning unbelievable World Series game. Holy schmoly. And uh, the Astros won. And anyways, uh, there was something that happened uh, last week in a game where one of the Astros uh, players did something that was very unkind. But I, I want to like uh, put some a good spin on this story. Okay. So for those of you guys who don't know, there is a Astro. His name is Yuli Guerrero. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And he hit a home run off of a guy named Yu Darvish, who is in Asian descent. Okay. And he made a gesture that was very unkind. The guy who hit the ball. The guy who hit mm-hmm. the ball, who just hit a home run off this guy, right. made an unkind racial gesture because the guy was Asian. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I need to go any no, further than that. But it was a big controversy. It was in the news, obviously, because it was controversial. But this was Yu Darvish's response. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. And right. so this is the pitcher the who... pitcher who got made fun of for okay, being Asian. what did Asian. he say? He said, no one is perfect. That includes both you and I. What he had done today isn't right, but I believe we should put our effort into learning rather than to accuse him. If we can take something from this, that is a giant step for mankind. Since we are living in such a wonderful world, let's stay positive and move forward instead of focusing on anger. I'm counting on everyone's big love. Oh, my gosh. That's you, Darvish, the okay. Dodgers pitcher who gave up a home run. Anyways, that's crazy. That's great. I thought you'd like that, sweetheart. So here's why I love that so much. So we were talking about this this weekend when we were watching game four. Yeah. Because I think that happened in game three. Yeah. And my middle daughter and I were talking about it, and we were kind of coming up with what this – what's his last name? Because I'm, I'm – not the, not the pitcher, but the other guy, Guerrero. G-U-R-R-I-E-L, Guerrero. When they say it on TV, it sounds so simple, I and know. then now I can't say right. it. sorry. But what we were saying was um, that what could he do to make amends? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were coming up with ideas, like, you know, Cameron was like, he could – when the camera's on him, he could hold up a sign that says, um, "Sorry, you know, I'm sorry." Well, I actually said I'm the one who said he could hold up a sign and said, "Just I'm sorry, I made a mistake." She's like, "Well, I think he should hold up a sign that says diversity is great." Mm. And I said, "I love that idea, but I don't know if people because he just did that." Yeah. Um, and interestingly it's too much enough, of a leap. Uh, he is um, he is He's Latino. Latino or, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Is He's also like, a minority in right, this country. Exactly. And so that's the interesting thing is sometimes we know how it can feel, you know, if it be a gender issue, if it be a racial issue, a culture issue, a religious issue, we know how it feels to be uh, made fun of, put down, um, threatened, whatever it may be, yet we do it to others. Yep. And we we take our pain and instead of dealing with our pain and doing something like this pitcher did, which was saying, let's create love and learning out of this. We just pass the pain around. And 
this is just a good example of, you know, a different choice that can be made because I've been going, I don't know if everyone's going to love this because we've probably got a lot of people in LA who listen, but I've been kind of rooting for the Astros just because they had a tough year with the hurricane and everything. And, um, you know, the Dodgers played the Cubs, you know, so it just has been, I don't, it's whoever wins is going to be fine, but that's, but it'll be more fine if Houston wins. (laughs) But with that said, when this happened, when this player did this, I was like, Oh, and then you've got this Dodger pitcher saying such a wonderful thing. I know. So really it makes watching the, World Series well, fun. And I, I don't know if we're going to talk about the David Brooks article today, yeah, are I we? Think so, yeah. so that plays kind of into yeah, that about yeah. understanding how to how to meet people who appear to have some different opinions, yeah. um, maybe where you kind of feel like there's this is just a no win situation. Yeah. But is that it for your quick takes? Um, that is not it for my quick takes. Well, actually, I want to talk about our partner. Are you all right with that? Yes. And then I would like to do my quote, please. Okay. Um, so we have a new partner and the new partner is RX Bar. So RX Bar's whole food protein bars with simple and real ingredients. Um, but what we want to talk about mostly is they have uh, something specific for kids, my darling. Well, and- it's been fun because these um- – First of all, you probably did. You just say this about how the ingredients are. On I the did front? not yet say that. Okay. So the, in big font, they have uh, they have three different kinds for kids. One is berry blast, one is apple cinnamon raisin, and one is chocolate chip. And on the front of the package, it has kind of the main ingredients. And um, on this one, let's say for example, the berry blast: two egg whites, four almonds, five cashews, one date, and no bad stuff. <laughs> So, you know, it's just a healthy way. And there's a lot of different ways uh, where you can use it breakfast on the go, lunch boxes, after school snacks, uh, put it in your sports bag or uh, in the glove compartment in case the kids are melting down. Well, interesting. Uh, we've been sending them with our girls to lunch and their friends have been taking them, which you're not supposed to do at school. So we're kind of like busting our children right now. Hopefully there's no teachers listening. You're not supposed to share. There's no cafeteria monitors listening. Well, I was going to say, I hope there's a lot of teachers listening, but... Not our kids' cafeteria monitors. We don't want to bust our kids. Right. But their friends have been enjoying this. So So, um, here's what you do. Go to uh, rxbar.com slash zen. And if you click, if you put in zen in the checkout, you'll get 25% off your first order. So it's rxbar.com slash zen. And make sure you put in zen in the coupon code section and you'll get 25%. So they have to do zen twice. They have to do slash zen and then put zen. It helps if they go to rxbar.com slash zen. That way rxbar knows that we sent them. Got it. And then just type in Zen for the coupon code. So that's the deal. So that's RX bar. And so it's funny how when you see something or when you're introduced to something, how then you see it everywhere, Mm -hmm. because we've been seeing these everywhere. That's the reticular activating system, sweetheart. Yes, that's where... I'll talk to you about it someday. Oh, okay. Thank you. I got lots to teach you. All right. We got lots to teach each other. We got a big show here. So let's jump in. Okay. Me. You. Okay. So... I, okay, Todd and I did this interview the other day, and one of the questions that was asked to me was, if there was one thing that you could teach, you know, if somebody said, you have five minutes and you get to teach this one thing, mm-hmm. what do you think is the most important? So without, I didn't even have to think, all I said was self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I was like, we have to understand who we are and why we do what we do, and we have to understand our brain and why we think what we do and where it comes from and how to manage it and how to be resilient and mindfulness, you know, I just there. It basically the thing I love about self awareness is it's incorp- it incorporates everything. Okay, so here's the great paradox. Okay, so I everything I just told you, I believe a hundred percent. And then I read this quote yesterday, and I was like, I believe this a hundred percent too. And it is a, a quote from a man named Stephen Jenkinson, and he said, "I won't hold you to the obligation of knowing yourself. Allow yourself to be a mystery." Mm. So those two things are super paradoxical. Yeah, because, almost contradictory. Which is what a paradox is. Yeah, but my word's better. Okay. Um, and so, but I believe in them both, so much so that I actually got tears in my eyes when I read this quote because mm. they're both true. Like, Can you read the quote one more time? Sure. I won't hold you to the obligation of knowing yourself. Allow yourself to be a mystery. Okay. So what that means to me, if I'm going to explain why this is so meaningful to me, is that self-awareness to me as human beings on this earth and as as people of consequence and people who are responsible for their individual lives, self-awareness is the most important thing because that's how we 
recognize how we function and that's how we choose how we function and instead of reacting. Mm -hmm. And it just is to me the most responsible behavior. At the very same time, you have to let go of thinking you're always going to know yourself. Right. Because you're not. Right. Because there are times that you are going to surprise yourself in what we would call positive ways and negative ways. That sometimes we may think, I've got this down, I know what I'm doing, and then we say something really not good. Maybe like this ball player. Yeah. Maybe his reaction. It's very possible this ball player is a sweetheart and does all this philanthropy. Like, yeah. I don't know. But he also did something. He he lost himself. He lost himself in the moment. And maybe he felt like that that yucky. And when I'm saying yucky, I know not all competition is bad, but that yucky competition yeah. thing, like I got you, I won. Yeah. And then he retaliated in a really negative way. Yeah. And maybe he shocked himself or maybe he didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, there's also the positive where we can say, oh, I don't know how to do this mm -hmm. or I don't understand people. And then all of a sudden we recognize ourselves being truly compassionate people. Yeah. So I just think that within being a human being, there is a sense of you have to let go of thinking that you're going to control everything and that you have to let go of thinking that there is an end point excuse me, an end point to your knowledge about yourself, that you are, you know, I always tell my college students, like every seven years, every cell in your body turns over, right? So you are a completely different person than you were seven years ago. At the very same time, you will always be who you came in this world to be. Okay, two very Other contradicting, paradox, right. right? And that those two things are true. And these two things are true. Like, they're allow yourself to be surprised because if you get to a point where you're like, this is who I am, this is my job, this is what I do, this is what I say, this is how I react, you're basically just dead. Mm -hmm. There's nothing new to learn. There's nothing new to experience. But a lot of us try and head down that path because it gives us control. It makes us feel like then we can control what happens to us and what happens to our children and our lives. But you can't because it's not just about you. You are one piece of the oneness yep. and you are an essential piece of the oneness, but you don't control all of the oneness. And sometimes there's just crazy, mystical, grace-filled mysterious experiences. Well, and what I just wrote down, what you just said is allow yourself to be surprised. I think as parents, we get into this rhythm of this is who I am to my kids. And, yes. you know, you know, we love our kids, but sometimes, you know, we're so busy making sure that things are taken care of that we're, at least I can speak for myself. Sometimes I'm hyper serious, like everything's so serious. Like you got to put the waffles away. You got to study, you got to do your homework. You got to be kind to everybody. And I would invite us all, including myself, to act differently than you're used to acting. Like, be silly. Like, last night I did that stupid, uh, awesome I dance did. that we posted. I on, actually posted it on Team Zen. On Team Zen Facebook page. And uh, it was during the ball game. My daughter was teaching me, what's the name of that song? Uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe. She was doing that. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, I'm like, I really want to watch this game, but my daughter wants to teach me how to do this dance. And I'm like, all right, you know, there's part, there's like the pattern in me says, just watch the game. You want to watch the game? This is why you're doing, you're watching the game, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then we went, we did it. She taught me and I'm pretty damn good at it. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, that was not convincing. So anyways, point is be surprising to yourself and show your surprise to your children. Like be silly, be different and chill out. And, and at the very same time, be yourself. Which means that sometimes you're going to want to be silly. Mm. And sometimes when everyone's saying, do this, do that, you say, today is not that day. That's the board game example, sweetie. Right. And because you and I, everything you're saying, I agree with because there are things that I end up doing, if it be as a parent with the girls or in work or when I'm presenting or it, it just, you know, with my girlfriends that totally surprise me that there's something I've never thought I was going to do or something that I get excited about doing. But I get filled with a sense of excitement, right. which is why I do it. I don't sit there and say, I need to be different. I wish I was more fun. I wish I was more, you know, I don't do the negative talk. It's an authentic It's an piece. authentic, it's like where you get inspired. That's what inspiration is, right. you know, or enthusiasm, you know, comes from the word Ethos. Ethos, which means... I have no idea. We do know. In spirit? Yes. Thank you. But no, that's inspiration. Oh, what was In the word? In spirit. 
What is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm. I don't look know. Up ethos. I'll look up ethos while you talk. Okay. Because you you're good at talking. <clears throat> well, I like to. So I just want to say one other thing by this same guy. My throat is so scratchy today. What's Drink the deal? Some water. Well, I have coffee in front of me. That that's not really helping. Ethos, a characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as manifested <clears throat> in its beliefs and aspirations. That sounds complicated. Well, you know what? Then maybe it was inspiration that I was looking for, yeah, the maybe. in spirit part. And yeah. in spirit means that you are moved by spirit. Mm-hmm. You are moved. You know what? That's what it is because um, I'm thinking about Wayne Dyer's book, um, The Power of – was it The Power, power of, of Intention? No, that was The Power of Intention. You guys don't listen to me. I don't know where all these quotes come from. They're just in my head. Um, So regardless, inspiration, use it. And then the next thing that um, I wanted to say is by the same guy, this Jenkinson guy who said that quote. Who is this clown anyways? Well, he's not a clown. Um, He is a guy who was interviewed in um, this, I think it was this month of spirituality and health. Mm. Let me see what month it is. Good magazine. November. So it's November's issue of spirituality and health. And he actually... Um, was interviewed for an article called Find the Good in Grief. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. So he basically dedicated his life, it, well, two years of his life, to studying um, grief and why it can sometimes inspire us and mm. take us to a new level, which, again, I think we all know that. What's so interesting is that when we talk about grief, and it can be, we can be talking about a loss like a death um, in the family or of someone we love um, or a job loss or, you know, a, an era or our, our children going off to college, you know, these things that we grieve. And we know that something eventually will come from it, a learning, a depth, a changed relationship, a better understanding of ourselves or of the world. But before we get to that learning, we have to walk through the pain Mm -hmm. of it. And I think that's the part that everybody likes to really jump over is I don't want to feel what I'm feeling. I'm just going to jump to the lesson. And we don't get to do that. And But while we are in the pain, we can know that when we get through it, we will – instead of saying I'm already there, we can say I know that this pain and this burning and this, you know – shedding of skin will get me to a better place. What's weird is if you jump to the lesson and you jump over the grief, Uh you're just, you know, for somebody who likes to be very economical, and this is going to come out bad, but you're delaying your process by doing that. For sure. So sit in it. And you're also repressing what needs to come through. Yeah. I mean, you are- We had a kid who needed- she needed to come. She needed some emotions <laughs> yeah. released yesterday. Yeah, she sure did. Can I tell that story? Um, yeah, on a real basic level. We had a kid who melted down. Is that yeah accurate? It's fine. She cried. Right. Right. A lot of crying. Yes. A lot of loud crying in a car. Yes. And um, you and I were in a pretty good place. Yeah, I was. So right we're like, it. whatever. It was, you know, we let our kids cry, and we don't try to fix them, and just let it go. But it got to be like it was like. 12 minutes in, we're like, okay, it's about... <laughs> well, and I was feeling, uh, like you said, you and I were all right, pretty okay. Our other two daughters were, were not. not. And so I was feeling a little bit for them. Mm-hmm. I was feeling a lot for them because they were like, this is ridiculous. Right. Um, so. so what did you have me do? I said, you know what, just pull over for a second and let she and I get out of the car and we can just be... Because the problem is, is here's the thing. When you are in your house... And you have a child who really needs to have a good cry or, you know, kind of have a good scream or whatever it may be. There's places they can go in their house. They can go to their bedroom. Before our girls had their own bedrooms, like six years ago before we did this addition on our house, they would go downstairs and scream. So you can like find a place where they can let their emotions out without harming others. In this case, when you're in a box, a mm-hmm. car, a box with wheels, and somebody's letting it out, it's not super easy no. for everyone involved. There's a lot of, you know, emotion has energy and everybody's feeling it and it's uncomfortable. Um, so I said, pull over. And then we sat um, on the curb. But the interesting part was, and there was no like, you're in trouble. I just said, come out with me. Let me hold you. And, you know, let, uh, let's, you know, let's breathe. And, um, and she wasn't done. And then I said, okay, you ready to breathe? She said, no, I want to cry. She wants to keep crying. And it was an interesting moment because she, she's right. Like she wasn't done. Like, yeah, you she know, had a lot to get out. She did. 
and yet I was done. And what I said to the girls was, <laughs> it's not about the incident that just provoked right. this. Right, it wasn't that it's at all. No, a bad night of sleep. It's something that happened at school last Tuesday. It's all these different things. But us parents are like, it's just this thing. You just didn't get Why your pillow. Why are you getting so right. worried? And so, anyways, can I play a quick movie clip from Anchorman? Yeah, sure. It has to do with. <laughs> Ron, are you okay? First of all, that was so perfect. And in no way am I making light of my <laughs> no, children or anybody laugh. else's children. But it does feel like that sometimes because that was me. I was like, what? <laughs> what's happening? Um, and I was like, okay, we're going to breathe. No, we're not going to breathe. Like it's sometimes – and if you laugh in that moment, it doesn't work. Just FYI. And I'm sure some of you right. have tried that. And I'm not trying it as a technique, but sometimes it can feel funny. But – it's not funny in that moment to them because they're really having an experience sure. and, and we have to be present for where they are. I, I kind of feel like having the the sense of humor inside is healthier than the anger because the anger then ends up making you want to laugh shame. or cry. Right. But I don't externally laugh. It was nice because I was sitting on the curb and I could see Todd and my other girls in the car. So I kind of felt like I wasn't alone. Like, mm-hmm. and and, you know, the thing is, is I knew she would be all right. That's the other thing is you have to, like, look at the bigger picture and be like, this is like five minutes of time. Right. And or 10 minutes or whatever it is. And and I can be present for this. It may have stretched into 15. Let's be honest. <laughs> and you know who needs to breathe? Me. Yeah, we do. It's not really about breathe, 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 even though I tried a little of that, um, which didn't work very well. But you know what I ended up doing? What? I ended up doing something kind of interesting. I ended up singing to her. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Well, it, it, here's something interesting that happened during the day is we were at a tournament. My daughter had a lacrosse tournament. And so my other daughter was sitting watching all day. So she was tired too, yeah. right? Um, Boring day. And I had, she was, I was rubbing her back and I was telling her how when she was really little, I used to rub her back to calm her down. And that um, I said, sometimes your dad used to like rub up and down your spine mm-hmm. and we we learned from someone we were working with at the time that that can be really hard on the nerve endings of your spine. That that it's kind of like rubbing a cat back and forth with their hair, where right. really you should just rub down. Yeah, from from neck from down neck to tailbone. And I used to hold her. For those of you who know what cranial sacral hold is, I used to hold her in a cranial sacral hold and then feel like the pulsing at the top and the bottom of her. And that weirdly does work yes. to calm infants down because you feel when the pulsing gets in rhythm, mm-hmm. then you know that. That their body is calming down. So when she was a little baby or even younger, it was easy to do. Now I can still do that even with my older girls, yeah. but it doesn't happen as often because they now have their own tools to calm them, their own body. Yeah. Down. Google cranial sacral holds for those of you guys who want to give something a try. Yeah. And also for yourselves, you can have cranial sacral work done too. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be a kid as an adult. You can actually go get this, yeah. you know, this form of treatment. But anyway, so it was interesting that she and I had had this talk three years or three hours before this whole breakdown because then I started rubbing her back the way that I was telling her I did. And then I just started singing. And What did you sing, sweetie? Go ahead, belt um, it out. Well, I sang Bushel in a Pack, which is one of um, my mom's songs, yep. which I always used to sing to the girls. That was the first one I sang. And then I sang one about a bunny. What was the bunny one? Here comes Peter no. Cottontail, <laughs> up and down the bunny trail. Because yeah, I was doing it with my fingers. Um, what were we singing in the car? 
Um, Sweetie's brain. I know. I, Todd and I. Our, I'm our recall you, is ending quickly. Oh my gosh, we were we've laughed in the car yesterday so much because I was trying to come up with all these these certain actors, and then like you try to take it a different route, and like oh, remember, but this guy was in this movie, and I'm like. Yeah, that guy. What's his name? And like, we Sean kept- Young was the name I was trying to come up with, and I was trying to come up with Tom Berenger. Yeah. Okay, so I can recall that, but not the song I was singing, um, because <laughs> I was talking about Tom Berenger. I, we were we were listening to an interview with Willem Dafoe, and I said, in Platoon, did he shoot the Tom guy or did Tom shoot the Will- Willem Dafoe? And I'm like, what was Tom's last name? I could get Tom. That was pretty good. Pretty good. And then I it made it reminded me of Sean Young for some reason. Regardless, tangent which we tend to do. So I sang her a few songs and then she started to laugh because I didn't know the words um, because we did, the last one we did was the Baba Black Sheep and you guys have different words to that at Mm. night, I guess. Anyway, and then I said, are you hungry? And she was like, sure. Well, and what I said to the girls is it's been so long the reason that she probably doesn't want to reacclimate into this car, into this vehicle, is there's possible she's slightly embarrassed. Correct. Oh, for sure. And for she doesn't sure. know how to kind of get back into the rhythm right. without being embarrassed. Right. And so if she gets back into the car and you've got people in there who go, finally, yeah. or are you okay now? So I prepped the other girls yes. saying, listen, just so you know, she probably feels a little awkward. And and, when, and they were lovely because yes. we got in the car and they go, how you doing? Are you hungry? Like yeah. they kind of said the same things I did. So anyway, we... We all came back around and it was fine. Like, and that's the thing is like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I I think we're a lot of times when I talk to parents, they'll be like this experience, say this was their experience. They'll say, this happened. What do I do? And I'm like, well, it's not like you handled it pretty well, but what do I do about it never happening again? Because you can't do that. All you can do is trust that in the moment of some kind of challenge, you have the tools to deal with it. Well, this kind of reminds me of the lesson that I'm still continuing to try to integrate was when you and I would have a heavy conversation in the back of my mind, I'm always like, how do I fix this so we never have this disagreement again? Right. And what I'm learning now is really the best gift I can give to my sweetheart and myself is presence, is not trying to figure out the puzzle so it never happens again. Yes. But so to you parents who struggle the way we all do in those moments, instead of trying to get into fix-it mode, just be as present as you possibly can. And like this morning, I, I in meditation this morning, there were three or four things that I realized were bothering me. Like I can always, part of the reason I do meditation is as soon as I close my eyes, the things that bother me come up, come up, come up, come up. And instead of trying to fix them, what I do is acknowledge that they're there and acknowledge that I can breathe through them. And, and then the process is let them go. Mm-hmm. Like I can't really make all of, I can't control all of them and I won't bore you with what my things are. But what I did is I wrote them all on a piece of paper and then around the piece of paper, I wrote, breathe through it, let go of it, trust, honor. And then I I burned it, which my children were like, they were like, what are you doing? Right. Um, But I burned it in the sink. Please do it over the sink if you're going to burn something. And burning is just letting it go into the ethers, right? Let it go. Yes. Let it go. Could you not hold it back anymore, sweetheart? I just was, you know what? I was tired of holding it at all. Like one of my favorite prayers that Marianne Williamson does is she says, if you're struggling with something, put it on the altar, set it down. It's too heavy. Let it go because you're really not fixing it in your mind anyway. Just set it down. And what you can do when you set it down or write it on a piece of paper and and give it back to to the air and the earth is that you open the possibility for something beyond yourself to support you mm-hmm. instead of being like in your brain, like, this is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. this is, a-. you're not doing anything anyway. You're just suffering with your thoughts, which I bought, um, uh, Byron Katie and her husband, Stephen Mitchell have a new book out. Um, and I started reading it man. Wait a second. You bought a book on, um, you know, self-awareness and self-help and bettering yourself. Yes, man, it is good, but it is like, I can only do a chapter at a time. It's 10. It's yeah. If intense. you want to be challenged, read that book. I don't think I'm going to read it. It just sounds too dense. I like non-dense work. Well, just to say something, if you don't know Byron Katie's work, it's actually called the work. I would highly recommend you look into it for those of you who know her work, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like 
the best mindfulness practice, a practice that I use almost every day, which is any thought that you have, you actually stop by saying, is this true? And then there's three other questions that you ask beyond that. Um, but her husband, Stephen Mitchell, is a translator of spiritual texts. And so they're a really interesting couple um, that he's into the texts and the um, – the word I'm saying is text, by the way. It's not coming out very well. But he's into the writing and the history <clears throat> of spiritual work, and she just lives it. So they're like an interesting combination. Do you want to know what the other three questions? I mean, I know you know what yes. they are. Go ahead, read so them. So the first one is, is it true? And this requires a lot of work to practice the work. Oh, yeah. So these questions probably aren't going to make that much sense. But just to kind of give you guys a snapshot of Katie's work, because it is pretty powerful if you can integrate it. Question one is, let's say you're struggling with whatever it is. You ask yourself, is it true? Question number two is, can you absolutely know it's true? Which for me is like... Okay, how many times do I have to answer this question? But there's purpose behind asking There it is, again. because like, for example, let's use a real example. I'm never going to get this done. Mm -hmm. Okay, what if I came to you and I said, Todd, I'm never going to get this done. And I said, is it true? Is it true? And I'd say, well, yeah, because yeah, I don't have the time. And then you'd say. Can you absolutely know that it's true? And then you say, mm, no, maybe not. I guess, it, like, kinda, I don't know. It drives a little bit, creates a little space. Correct. Question three is, how do you react or what happens when you believe that thought? And it, I get stressed. My blood pressure goes up. I get worried. It becomes something I think about. I, I have self-worth issues. Mm -hmm. And then question four is, who would you be without that thought? <sighs> free. I could be free. Energetic. And what, what Katie has taught through her own experience of enlightenment, um, she's really interesting, is that everything's just thought anyway. Yeah. Like I've been using her language lately about how past and future is just imaging. It's not real. Yeah. It's just images in your head. And really the only thing that's real is here. So any statement like I'll never get this done doesn't even make sense. It's a full on lie. Right. Um, so anyway. Um, can I go to a different thing now? I think you can. I think um, I, yes, I don't know where I was going. I had another quote, but you know what? It'll take a long time. So um, our ahead. second partner is canvaspeople.com. They are an easy to use photo to canvas service that takes your favorite photo memories and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. So instead of uh, taking the pictures on your phone and letting them rot, uh, upload them to the canvaspeople.com website and then you will get a canvas that you can put on your wall. So here's the deal. Go to canvaspeople.com. Type in the coupon code ZEN for the 11 by 14 canvas, and it goes from 70 bucks down to zero. You just pay for shipping. We're big fans of this, and we think uh, it's just an easier way of getting good artwork on your wall as opposed to buying a picture, printing them out, buying a frame, getting it set up. It's just a piece of cake. So go uh, check out canvaspeople.com, and don't forget that promo code ZEN. Um, can I tell another quick story about our kids? Because we said we were going to do this. What is it? Our one daughter has been taking singing lessons for a while. Okay. How long has she been taking them for? I don't know. A year and a, a half. A year and a half. Mm -hmm. And just the last month or two in these singing lessons, she's has been less than enthusiastic mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. But she's a she's a bulldog. Like she'll go even though she doesn't really feel like it. And then it got to the point one day she's like, I got singing lessons today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Yeah, you do. She's like, Dad, I really don't want to go. Mm -hmm. So I kind of I didn't say, oh, you don't have to go. I, I said, well, maybe I said something like, let's go talk to mom, mm -hmm. which is what I do when I'm confused <laughs> and I don't know what to do. But I created, I didn't say anything with any certainty. I didn't say True. you're going. I didn't say you're not going. But I knew that this was not a new, like, I just don't feel like going today. So we went back to our office in our home and Skylar just started talking. She's like, I really don't want to go. It's not that much fun. I'm bored. All these other things. And I'm like, well, you know, we signed up for it and this is like a four month commitment or whatever it is. And we're like halfway through it. So all, all of a sudden I'm like, well, we spent all this money. Like, So basically what you're saying is you, you brought her into where I was and then you did start saying the things to her like- Maybe not saying it, but thinking it. Okay, thinking it. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, so what, what can we do? What are we going to do? And my ego would have been like, you can do something new after you're done with this session. Mm -hmm. And you basically like, you, you said to me, she's been doing this for a year and a half or whatever it is. And maybe this is time to let this go and let something else show up. So we basically said to her like, all right, let's, we, we basically say, okay. Like we loosened the grip. Yeah. And we said, you don't have to go to singing lessons anymore. 
while at the same time you're like, is there something else that you might want to do in its place? And it would have been fine if she said, no, I just want to come home after school. But she said she really wanted to dance. Well, it, it's actually a bigger, it's okay. like, like just to stretch the story out a little bit. This conversation with her, you and it took a long time for you and I to get there because there was what I said to you was she's been doing this class a year and a half and there has been certain days, let's say we go back a year, where she's she would say, I don't want to go today. And I'd be like, Do you not do you not like it anymore? Instead of going to the well, you have to. You committed. Sure. I would say, do you not like it? And she'd be like, oh, no, I love it. I'm just tired today. And yeah. I'm like, do you think you can make it happen? Yeah, okay. Now, I could tell the difference in this time because she said, I don't want to go, Mom. I'm watching the clock. Mm. I don't I don't want to be there. And I'm like, so it's not working for you anymore. And she's like, no. So there was a difference in – it's one thing to have a day where you're tired, where you're like, I love what I'm doing, but today I'm tired. And even in that situation, if it's like maybe if it's a sport, they do stay home and sleep. Yeah. You know, It's not an absolute. But a lot of times they're willing to push through because they realize they love it and that it's just, it's just part of the process of some days you are ecstatic to go and some days you aren't. And I feel like she learned that. This was a completely different request. And, you know, like you said, I think that – there, why I think Todd and I thought this this story was interesting is because old patterning came back really fast, very fast. Which was you're letting your teacher down. First of all, her teacher is not going to lose sleep over her not being right. It's not even like it's a team where like you know, and this it's may, a group. It's but a group, it's okay but if it's, she's not there, it's okay if she's not there. But my old pattern is like we can't teach our kids that it's okay to quit, like all this stuff. And you actually said that. You yeah. said a really old thing. You said, you know, well, if we do this, she's going to think it's okay to quit. And I was like, wow, we, we've, this is an old pattern. Right. And and let me say, as a spouse, um, take away that we do this show and all that kind of thing. I know when Todd's saying that it's just an old pattern. I this is not a time to start an argument where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would say that, or we should be over this by now, or how dare you say that? Because his fear, once you're, this is not just about Todd, when old stuff comes up and you're re-triggered, you respond in the old way. Mm -hmm. Now, the more we practice it and the more we have opportunities to practice, maybe we choose a little differently, but a lot of times you respond in the old way and then with a little space and time, then you choose. Because this is like, you know, the example that Todd always uses about me is whenever a request is made of us or of a social event, my first instinct is fear. Like, do we have to be there? Or how long do we have to be there? Like the first thing that comes up Or in what me, might go wrong. What might go wrong. And that's the first thing that comes up. But that's not my final answer. It's just kind of like a- Part of your process. Yeah. It's like, think about it as brain wiring. Somebody asks you a certain question that triggers, triggers a certain part of your brain. It's like, you know, the mousetrap game yeah. where then do, 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 yeah. and then it hits that center. And then when I hear that in my head, because of practice and meditation and everything, I say, wait a second, I don't want to choose that. I'd like to take this synapse over here instead. So in that moment, when you said that, I knew- that wasn't our ending point. And I knew I knew you didn't believe that with your full body. Yeah. But we had to process through that, your reaction to that. Well, and to kind of speed through it, what happened was we found this amazing dance studio yeah. that we never would have even bothered no, to look at. I know. She, I mean, I, she went to only one class so far. Right. Now it's new, but having said that, she is in love with this. Right. So I look back at it like two different scenarios, or this scenario could have gone two different directions. Right. One is, nope, you're going to bowl through it. You're just. That's you, what we do. You got seven more weeks, and then you can. That's seven weeks of kind of like misery. Yeah. Or, and this story, all our stories don't end up good, but this one ended up good. Like she is in love with the studio, right. in love with this instructor. She can't wait to get there. She has it tonight. So, like, you know. She could, these seven weeks are going to be pretty awesome Monday after school. Yeah. And it would have been, if it would have, if we would have followed my old patterning, it would have just been, she would have been dreading it all day during school, dreading it during the class itself. And 
I guess what I'm saying is sometimes it's okay for your kids to quit. Well, and to and, and you and you you wanted to modify my language because it's not quitting; they're letting go. Like, and again, fine, use the word quit, but then change the energy around it because yeah. they're little kids. Mm-hmm. Their whole point of their life right now is to try different things. This is not we are not making them and molding them into some professional athlete or some professional singer or some professional dancer. They're trying things. Like one of the most beautiful things is that her um, her dance teacher said to me, oh, I didn't even start dancing until college. I tried out for palms and I made it and now I have this dance studio. You understand that means she was 18 when she started dancing. Yeah. Yet we've got our kids where they're like four years old and we're like, you got to do, yeah, keep doing they're, this. They're behind if and they start so, when they're four. And she's just an example of many, you know, like Todd was just telling me about an athlete. Who are you telling me about that he, you said he... Played three different sports year round. John Smoltz. John Smoltz. Who's the yeah. color commentator for the World Series. Yeah. And during his Hall of Fame speech, maybe I could pull it, I probably can't pull it up. Um, he encouraged parents. He, he explained what his style was or how he grew up. In the spring, he'd play baseball. In the fall, he'd play football. In the winter, he'd play basketball. And he said, all you parents who are, are are subjecting your kid to one sports, because a lot of coaches are asking for that. Yeah. Like, you may not play baseball if you're going to play football on this yeah, team. Yeah, they make it a year Because round. we have to do spring ball. In foot, for football, they have to practice in the spring. Mm-hmm. And he, this John Smoltz, who is a Hall of Famer, said... That is not the way I would do it. Mm-hmm. Your kids need diversity. Your kids need space to not do anything. Um, the one sport track is, and John O'Sullivan, who we had on our- Yeah, Changing co- the Game. He he has a Changing the Game project, and we love his message, which is forget the one sport. And what John said was that these athletes who become really, really good, it's because they are- Freaks, you know, freaks of nature, and they'd be really good at anything. They well, they're want. athletes, yeah. period. Like they can do anything. I was watching a, um, you and I together were watching an ESPN um, show. Thirty for thirty. Thirty. It wasn't a thirty for thirty, was it? It was I a documentary know. about Abby Wambach, and she was talking yeah, about it was a thirty for thirty. I think was it, and she was talking about herself as an athlete, as a soccer player. But she was saying there was a point in time when she was playing soccer and she was the best of the best, and she wasn't really even trying. Oh yeah, and she was like, yeah, she was out of shape. She was out of shape, and she then realized. I was born to be an athlete, so I'm going to invest my whole heart and mind. But before that, she was killing it Mm -hmm. without even trying. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that doesn't mean your kids shouldn't be in a sport because they're not Abby Wambach. What I'm saying is this whole idea of I'm going to push them, push them, push them until they're that way, if they are that good... It will evolve. It will. It becomes, you know, who they are. And it could be through doing three different sports. It can be, you know, them doing a sport in the spring and doing something completely different like theater in the fall. Yeah. So I guess the thing is, is that what was that quote that we did, Todd, about always give up and never let go? Was that it? No. Uh, always. Yeah. Well, it's like never let go. Yeah. It's something to that effect. You know, something like this is the paradox, too. It's like the quote I never give oh, up. And always Always let let go. go. Never give up and always let go. I absolutely love that quote because that is like, never give up means always be open to new ideas, things that inspire you, things that, you know, make you feel enthusiastic, you know, on yourself, on your willingness to do something great, on all of those pieces. Never give up on that. But if something isn't doing that, let go. Yeah. Let go. And I know a lot of parents are saying, I know what they're saying right now. They're saying, but... Yeah, but my kid... But my kid... But you don't understand because he or she, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? You may be right in that instance. You maybe did... It's not about that you're wrong and we're right. But what it what it's about is what feels good. And what doesn't feel good to me is forcing my kid to do something because either I have a dream that they do it or because I'm afraid that it's going to teach them something like, um, what were you afraid? They, it was going to teach them that they can quit things. Yeah. Because there are some things, you guys, that our, that our, that our kids, we have girls, should let go of. Mm-hmm. There are things that it's, it's okay if they stop. Mm-hmm. And that if they don't learn how to stop, they never have the next experience. And the only way for you to be able to practice that, because there are times when we said, 
to our kids, like, you know, one kid doesn't want to go to lacrosse practice. No, sorry. Yeah. This is part of the deal. Because in, because my question is always, do you think you're going to keep playing? Do you want to be on this team? I do, I do. Well, then they need you. So, like, what we try to think in terms of black and white. Like, do you let them, do you let them let go or do you force them to keep going? And the answer is sometimes you're like, this is, this is what you signed up for. Right. And there's other times you're like, Yes, quit. Right. It's in your highest good. So there's no right answer. Well, and what it is, is you've got to get, (laughs) this gets so deep. Um, You have to get to the feeling of it because if we're just in the model of what we do, this Mm. is why parenting books are are tough for me. Because if we just say, don't let them do this ever because this will lead to this, that's not true. But if you can get to the feeling part, if you can get to what are they feeling and what are they telling you and what are they opening to? And again, like, you know, we have a daughter who's in high school who once she commits to a team, it's a whole different story. There's consequences of not showing up. You don't get to play in the game. So she's going to have to live that model. But then we've got a fourth grader who's just trying a bunch of different things. Perspective. Right. So to force her to do something when she's saying this no longer feels good, but this does, that's not a quitter. Mm-hmm. That's someone saying... You could actually say that she's smart. Yeah. She's saying, I don't want to give up on myself. But so for because of that, I want to let go of this. Yeah. I don't want to give up on that feeling of inspiration. So I'm going to let go of this so I can go be me. And, and what I was doing was forcing her to be uninspired yes. at a music class that she couldn't stand right. for another six weeks because... I'm thinking that this kid might quit her job when she's 25 years old after only being there a few weeks. Like I make up this story. So, you know, that's one thing that we were going to talk about it today, but we inflate these ideas instead of being in the moment. Yes. And to your point, you got to get to the feel. How do you get to the feel? By being quiet, by looking at it from a beginner's mind instead of childhood baggage or worried about what might happen tomorrow or in 10 years. Beautiful. Because that's that's exactly the key is like, how do you get there? You recognize where your own fear is playing a role. And once you can be identify with this is a fear I have, and and you're never going to get rid of it. Fear always plays a role in our life. It lives in us. But can you set it aside or say, I'm not going to make a decision from this fear. I'm going to open up and listen to what they have to say and look at the big picture. You know, one of my favorite quotes that is, is in front of me in my office and in my bedroom is take the wider view. You guys look up at the sky, look up at the stars. Do you know, Todd and I just watched a 60 minutes about that. There's like 500 billion galaxies, galaxies, galaxies. Do you know how singing lessons don't, <laughs> don't mean matter? Anything? Like, and again, that in the moment they do, and we're like, oh, but they do, they do. And then you look up at the sky and you're like, okay, billions of galaxies. And it just, what it does is it it widens your view. And then you have space to make a decision. It doesn't mean then everybody's going to quit everything. It just means you have space to make a decision that's more feeling. You know what kind of just punches me in the gut regarding the size of our universe. What? And I don't know if it's galaxies or stars, but there's more, let's just say stars. There's more stars than there are grains of sand on this earth. It's crazy. And if you've ever gone to the beach yeah. and you hold a cup of sand in your hand, there's like thousands of grains of sand in that hand. Now right. think about all the beaches in this world. Like it's, unf- I, I can't get my arms around the size of this universe. And then let's get even crazier and talk about that we are stars. Yeah. This person that's talking to you right now, Kathy and Star- then Todd, Stardust. we are stars. You guys are all stars. Like iron is in stars mm. and iron is in us. Like all the minerals that makes up a star is in our body. So we are just stardust. So what, what, when you take that wider lens. Singing it, lessons don't, don't mean that much. <laughs> And then you have that understanding of how how you are so special and that you are your own star and that you are a person of consequence. And when you are on this earth walking in this human body, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to worry about what everybody else thinks? Are you going to be worried about what pair of shoes you wear? Are you going to worry about that you took singing lessons for two years? Or are you going to be like, what kind, who am I? Mm. Like- talk about a gift we can give our children to expand their vision of themselves, you know, to expand their understanding of that they are a person 
and here's the the paradox. You know, this show is all about paradox. I can tell. We are a, a human being in five hundred billion galaxies, right? So right. you feel small and inconsequential, and at the very same time, your star is here on this earth. Because it's supposed to be. I don't like saying for a reason because then everybody thinks they have to make a career out of it or something. It's not about having the right profession. It's about you are here because you're supposed to be here. So with that understanding, how are you going to live your days? Mm -hmm. How are you going to treat other people? It's so beautiful. And then that, if you have that going around in your head and then your child says, I'd really like to do something different, you're like... Yes. Yes. Please. Yes. The more enthusiastic a kid is about anything, nurture that enthusiasm. Yeah. So I guess the bottom line is I stand corrected. It is good that she let go of singing lessons. Yes. Um, so real quick, because I know that I think we're both going to yoga. Oh, are you going with I me? I think I'm going to go nice. with you today. Um, we have a conference, and at this conference, we have partners. And one of our partners is Trinity Family Law. And what they do is they help people resolve legal issues in a non-adversarial way, specific like divorce and mm. things like that. So um, I've sent about four people to Trinity, FYI. Yes. So um, I want to give a quick plug to Trinity Family Law. And we're so happy that they chose to partner with us. And for any of you out there that have businesses and you want to be a part of the conference and you want to spread the message of whatever it is that your business is. Because remember, our conference theme is be a force for good. That's right. So if your business is being a force for good. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. Then join us. That's right. So trinityfamilylaw.com, give them a look if you know of anybody who's going through a divorce because it's she's... Uh, they're really good at what they do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do want to share one quote before we leave. And this came from um, our Team Zen Facebook talk, if I can find it. Um, I can't find it. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Um, this is from our friend Christine posted this on Team Zen. Okay. And it's from Rumi, I think. Okay. Somewhere between right and wrong, there is a field. I will meet you there. Yes. I don't know why. I've never heard that quote before, hmm. but it punched me in the gut. Yes. I love to be right, and I love to make other people wrong. <laughs> and there's no such thing. No. It's all gray. All of it. Rumi says, somewhere between right and wrong, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Everything we talked about on today's show, as far as paradox, that's exactly what it is, is we try and define things with these like thick black markers, like this is the way you do things, this is the way it's supposed to be, this is the way it's supposed to look. And then there's this whole, it's it's like what Brene Brown talks about, braving the wilderness. Mm -hmm. There, When certain people frame the world, is you're either with me or against me, you're either here or there, it's either right or wrong. And then there's this whole wilderness yep. where... It's so beautiful and gray. And when we meet each other there, we see each other as souls. And then we say to each other, like in Avatar, we say, I see you, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, do you remember that in I Avatar? Do. It's Instead a really of, kind of mythological, deep movie. Because if somebody sees you, then they're not worried about all your, you know, where you came from or what your well, lineage is. It's kind of like is. Namaste, right? Absolutely. The teach, you know, namaste is, you know, the spirit in me sees the spirit in you, the soul in me, the teacher in me, the student in me sees the student in you, whatever it may be. I see you and I'm not worried about all these labels that people put on you. I just see you. And that's the field where that's we right. meet. Um, and then um, I have a coaching practice. So if there's any guys out there and they want to get on the phone with me or Skype or FaceTime and talk about relationships or career, uh, I'm your guy. So go to toddadamscoaching.com. First session's free. I'd love to uh, talk to you. So anything else, my darling? I think that's it. All right, guys. Uh, long show, but a good one as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And uh, go to zenparentingradio.com for anything we have coming up. Adios. Have a good week. 
Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, they are. Consider leaving us a review on iTunes. We love them. This helps people find us, or you can just tell a friend about our show. Even better, word of mouth, right? Right. Todd and I, we do our speaking engagements about Zen Parenting and self awareness. So if you have an interested group or an organization, contact us at Kathy at ZenParentingRadio.com. We love speaking to groups. Hey. Hey now. Guess what? Next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. Sweet. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to ZenParentingRadio.com and click events. If you like reading awesome parenting books, read Kathy's. She's got three of them. And the way to find out about them is go to ZenParentingRadio.com and click on the store. Thank you. You're welcome. Award-winning, I might add. I know. So you coach guys. I love coaching guys. And you're good at it. I do it on Skype, face-to-face, and even on the phone. And we talk about uh, parenting, uh, relationships, finance, career, work-life balance. It's awesome. So first session's free. If you're interested, go to toddadamscoaching.com. Great. And if you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, I promise. Yeah. But we get a small commission from Amazon. It's just an easy way of making money. And you, you, you're you going to buy from Amazon anyway, so you might as well go through our homepage. All right. Right-hand side, Amazon link. Great. Great. <laughs> hey, and thanks for being such an awesome listener, you know? <laughs> sponsors. Oh, yeah. Um, I also want to thank our two amazing partners, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Company, Painting and Remodeling, avidco.net, and Dr. Kelly's at chirotree.com. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Keep on trucking. Sweetie, case say keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. I say it better. I know. That's all right. Keep trucking. Adios. <laughs>